So I have a little formula I use for my mother's helpers, which is their grade level per hour for one child. And then you add an extra dollar for every additional child. So my first mother's helper was in seventh grade at the time. And I had two kids. So she got $8 an hour. My mother's helper this summer, when I had three kids who was in eighth grade, she got $10 an hour. Welcome to the Zen-ish Mommy Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Gershman. And while I may never reach enlightenment, you will find me here cussing and laughing along the way. This podcast is a place for all women to connect, educate themselves, and slow down. Because you deserve a moment to pause and press play. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. I know we have so much going on as moms. And the fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen and tune in and do a little something for yourself means the world to me. So that does not go unnoticed. And moms, why do we have such a hard time asking for help, right? We want to be able to do it all. I know a lot of times in my life, it's like, well, asking for help is harder. It takes longer. I have to explain myself. My next guest may have the secret to lifting off some of those weekday chores, giving you a helping hand, and reducing the stress at home, you have to stay tuned to find out. I want to welcome Taryn Conwell to the show. She advocates for millennial moms to ask for help, establish boundaries around their time, and regularly attend to their own needs. And she's empowering them to say no and take a freaking break. Welcome, Taryn. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and we're here to talk about Mother's Little Helper, but it's not Xanax. So that's the spoiler. Yes. <laughs> right? Oh my Isn't God, that I love Mother's that. Little Helper was Xanax. It's like, oh, mommy's, mommy's yes. break. Right. That's so funny that you say that because you are 100% right and no one's ever said that. And I love it. It's true though, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, I wasn't a huge fan of, of Xanax, but um, it definitely was a saying. Yeah, so. no, definitely. But here talking about like the support system for new moms, right? We get handed this baby and they're like, here, you're supposed to have all the answers. Good luck. And, you know, society and everybody tells us that we're supposed to do it all on our own, but really establishing in a support system right out of the gate. How important is that? And why is it important? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was really important for me as someone who I didn't necessarily have a ton of free family help. So I, when I, as soon as I had my daughter, I was like, oh, I've got to look into getting some babysitters. I mean, I had a babysitter the first time before my oldest when she was three months old. So my husband and I could go see a movie. And a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, like really? But again, I didn't have a ton of family that could, you know, that would they work and they have their own lives going on Not that they won't ever babysit for us, but I didn't want that to become like the norm. So I put it in my head right away. Like we have to reach out for help. We have to build the support system. We have to give it a go. And now I say that to other moms because I come across moms who've never used anybody, but maybe their own mom or their mother-in-law, someone close to them. And then when they're, they're not available, they're like, it's very terrifying to use a babysitter for the first time if your kids are four or five, six years old. So I'm like very much advocate for it right away. Even if you do it for an hour, like dip your toe in it. Well, isn't it funny? Like by doing something, there's some other mom out there listening. They're like, wait a minute, we can do that. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? Like giving permission yes. for someone else to be like, wait a minute, that wasn't in the manual. No one told me about that. I thought it was like grandmothers or nothing. And I also came from a family that just wasn't really interested in helping very much. So yeah, yeah. I didn't have a choice. It was I didn't have, I mean, I envied those friends of mine that had mother-in-laws as irritating as they may or may not be, mother-in-laws and mothers that would come over and willfully babysit the baby, but that was not in my case. Yes. No, same. I mean, and it was mostly because again, like they all still work. And when you work full time, even if you're grandma and you want to the weekends to yourself, you know, they want to visit, but they don't necessarily want to be uh, babysitting. So yeah, exactly. When there is something about like being able to maintain a a grandparent relationship and not like a working relationship with your, so I always kind of liked being able to have a babysitter and it established a pattern of interaction, right? There was a monetary exchange. There was an expectation. You know, I expect to not come to my house home and like a bomb has blown off. I mean, I want my kids totally taken care of, but you know, if you could just please like put the dishes in the dishwasher, there's a few expectations that I could lay out comfortably with someone that I was actually paying to do the work versus maybe someone that was a neighbor or friend or that's just helping out. Absolutely. And I always say that to moms, you pay one way or the other. Like you, yes. al- you always pay. You always Don't pay. That's, that's so, <laughs> Whether that's it's money everything. or it's whatever the case may be, even my people in my life who have the most amazing moms, amazing mother-in-laws, they're still, re- like you said, it's still a transactional thing where you're help their help and then you're going to help and help. And sometimes it's just nicer to pay and right. Lay out the rules, lay out what you want done. And it's very, it's easier sometimes. And like college is expensive. So some of those people really appreciate those nights. I got some really doll baby, like college students that come over and help me with my kids and they're not hitting the pole, right? That's what you used to have to do to go to through college. You had to go hit the stripper pole. That's what I'm doing to make my way through nursing school. Now you just get a babysit for a few years, right? It's an even exchange. I think it's right. Yes. No, exactly. What does your support system look like now? So my support system now is very, so one piece of it is like we talked about mother's helpers, which is a younger babysitter. So I utilize those throughout the week with the intention that I'm going to be home because they have less experience. They don't have as much experience as my college sitters or my career nanny, but they're really great with the kids. They have a lot of great energy and they're more affordable. So we use one of those a few hours a week. And then I also do use, I have a nanny who I'm not her primary family. So I get like, but she'll give me her schedule with the leftovers. And so that's again, a different price point, but I'm also getting a different service (laughs) from her. But both of those girls are really pivotal, not only to like keeping my life moving. They're also really close to my kids at this point because they've They've both been in our lives for over three years. So they are hands down the biggest piece of support that we have. And then also my husband, who is extremely supportive. He is completely understanding of how hard it is to be home with kids all day long. And so it is, I've always been like a work from home mom in one aspect, one way or another, but no matter what, I've stayed home with my kid. I've been home with all of them. And I have three, they're now seven and a half, five and two. And from the very beginning, I would leave him (laughs) with the baby because I wasn't intentionally doing this, but it really was just a way that he could, again, see how hard it was, see how much like 
exhaustion, you know, time, energy, mental space went into it. And so as time went on, he never, it never felt like, oh, you, I have to go to work and I have the harder job and you get to stay home. And that's so easy. He always knew. So he's very supportive of me getting breaks. We have a very great routine where I take the mornings and then he comes home from work and he takes the nights. So I never do bath time, bedtime in my house, which I love not doing. Um, I'm a morning person. He's a night owl. So it works good for us. So yeah, so he is another big piece of support in our lives. And also we do have family and friends who are great and they're very helpful and the wonderful in a lot of ways. And when we go out of town, they're always there for us and stuff. But yeah, I definitely feel like I built my support system with the intention of having help when I needed it without any sort of other expectations that I potentially could not meet. Where you were kind of building the system from the inside out, right? You started yeah. with your husband, which I wanted to go back to something you said, like, ladies, not everyone has that, our supportive husband that thinks that or understands the nature of being at home with kids all day. And would you recommend it? Just if you have a husband like that, drop the baby off, drop the kids off and be like, okay, I'm re- it's on you today. Like, yeah. Just give him, a, give him an insight of what it's like to do the meals and the diapers and the bath and the tantrums and all the cleaning of the house and all that managing. Like my, I love my husband and he's supportive and everything, but like toilet paper just magically shows up on the roll, right? You don't think about it. You always have a paper towel when you need it. There's Kleenex there if you need to blow your nose, your towels are clean. I mean, you know, these things don't exist in a vacuum. Someone is doing these things for you, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Just as a reminder that they're insignificant in a way, but significant if you're stuck on the toilet and you're like, hey, who (laughs) who didn't replace the toilet roll? Right. I think that is an important thing to remember that equality in the way that we divvy up responsibilities at home yet equality in the relationship and being a mom is work. I know we're not getting, no one's sending us a check from the government yet to be like, hey, thank you for your service, but it is work. And that understanding is important, especially as you're bringing home new babies into the world and reaching for outside help. But I also wanted to go back because we're here to talk about that little mother's little helper. Yes. We've already established it's not Xanax. It's something far greater than that and far more helpful So what is the parameter and what defines like a mother's helper versus a babysitter that we would traditionally think of? Sure. Yeah. So for me, a mother's helper is anywhere between the age of like 11 and 14, give or take a year and that junior high age. But it really depends. I've had people say like, oh, I have a mother's helper who's 10 nine, you know, like a really responsible, but younger child. And they, again, don't have a lot of experience. You might be their first babysitting job, but they are typically, they like, obviously they like kids, but they're maybe the oldest in their family. They have a lot of cousins or neighbors on their block that they like to help. They've always been very helpful with kids. And so they are wanting to get the, you know, their foot in the door babysitting and wanting to get some experience. So you can hire them and have them come. And then, And typically, like I said, you don't leave the house. So part of it is because their experience is a little bit less. When I have a mother's helper, I am using them for things that I can do at home. So when I first started using one, I was pregnant with my third. I was in the first trimester, I was super sick and I was exhausted. (laughs) So I would have her come 
two hours twice a week. So four hours total, just so I could like go in my bedroom and like put my feet up and like watch a show on my phone just to, I mean, I yes, would, girl. if she could have come earlier, I probably would have nap, but at four 30, I was not trying to fall asleep, but at least elevate your feet, relax. And my kids to again, get that fresh energy. So I'm going to come in and play dolls with them, which is what they wanted as opposed to just watching a show. I use screens. I'm not like a screen-free mom, but it's nice to throughout the week, have a few hours, especially when you are maybe in the first trimester of pregnancy, you have a new baby and maybe it's your second baby. You already have a toddler. Different any reason, right? Do we need an excuse? No, absolutely not. No. Right. But any time that you need a break from your kids and you're sick of playing Legos and Barbies or they're just getting on your damn nerves. Right. (laughs) And you feel like you're like, I just need someone. It's nice to have. I, again, I used one right away on a consistent basis. You do not have to do that. But just the four hours she came a week were really life-changing in our house, which seems silly, but it really was such a breath of fresh air. And the greatest part of the mother's helpers, they're just a lot more affordable than a traditional babysitter. And so I have a little formula I use for my mother's helpers, which is their grade level per hour for one child. And then you add an extra dollar for every additional child. So... My first mother's helper was in seventh grade at the time, and I had two kids, so she got $8 an hour. My mother's helper this summer, when I had three kids who was in eighth grade, she got $10 an hour. It's really going to depend on, A, how many kids you have, how old they are, again, who you find, because I have people who are like, well, I'm not going to trust a 10-year-old with three kids. I wouldn't either. You know, like I know a 10-year-old can't watch my three kids, but... But a 10-year could play with two exactly. out of the three of your children. Yes. yes. It really depends on what you want. So it's right. not out of the question. So that's the little formula. It varies. But for $32 a week, I was getting these four hours. It was like something to look forward to. It was helping me rest. It was fun for my kids. Like my husband loved it. He would come home and I, I was not like a mental case, you know? So it really was awesome. And so that is roughly a mother's helper, just a younger babysitter who you are not going to leave, you know, if you go downtown for seven hours at a wedding, but they can really help you entertain your kids when you don't want to. <laughs> Well, I think a couple of things that you said, you know, the fresh energy, especially when they're younger energy, they haven't been stopped playing. Maybe they're still playing secretly. My 13 year old still will play on occasion with American girl dolls and Barbies. She doesn't listen to this podcast. So it's okay if I like, you know, (laughs) air her dirty laundry. Yeah. Right. Or art and crafts. I mean, for me, I remember when the kids were little and it would get to what I called the witching hour, which is like four o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got like another two and a half hours before I have to start like doing bath and I still have to get dinner done. Even just having, I like to cook. So getting that time of like having to cook that dinner, but having kids running, it was like, I put one of the kids, I called it a play prison because mm-hmm. she, I had to contain her, but I didn't want to stick her. She was older to in a bouncy seat, but she needed to be where I could see her and that she wasn't running away. But I think at that moment, like having like fresh energy, young energy that could come and have played with her and, you know, play dolls or take her down to the kitchen. We had our toys in the basement, you know, do those things would have given me like some peace of mind because I was never really present at any, I wasn't present with my child because she was in the play prison and then I wasn't present, you know, burning things in the kitchen. You know, you're just kind of all totally. over the place. I mean, that was kind of my experience, but I loved that you took that time and like, I'm going to put my feet up. Right? Yes, and and yeah. really recharged and relaxed and took, 
you know, full advantage. I'm sure there were times that you had to get things done and, and use that time for other things, but I love that you also prioritized time for yourself. So that when said mother's helper went home, that you had your own set of fresh energy, which I think is so important. We just totally. become overtired, exhausted. Our nerves are frayed. And that's when we start to become really reactive and we don't get to show up as the best parents that we want to be. No, that's a hundred percent. It's 100%. It, yes. Like I would definitely be in that reactive state because I, it was like, I haven't had a break since all day. I mean, I would have a break at nap time, but still it's a lot when you have little kids. And I did, that's exactly how I viewed it. I was just like, this is, and I'll say the same thing to other moms. Maybe you just go to Target, you know, I'm going to go to, your husband gets home, you're like, I'm going to go to Target and I'm just, I deserve a treat. And you buy like candle and like a Joanne Gaines blanket or something. And you maybe spend a hundred bucks and you're like, oh, just to feel better because I had a rough week. A hundred dollars could go so far with some, with like a two, mother's helper. Three weeks of mother has a helper, as a matter of fact, the way yes. that you calculated yes. that, that out with your It really children. is. Yeah. And if you give it a chance and just see how restorative it truly can be, you're like never going to buy a candle again. No, I'm not I'm kidding. But you know, like it's a lot of times people are just, I can't afford care. I don't have any money for childcare. And I really like to show moms how A, affordable it can be and B, like, let's just, let me just look at that. Let me look at those Amazon purchases. Let me just see if we can maybe cut a thing or two out. Cause I get it. Starbucks runs. Yes. Like, and swap them and just see how you feel. Give it a chance and just like, oh yeah, actually I made my coffee every morning this week. And then I got a nice break to myself and that was worth it. You know what I mean? It's that little piece of mindfulness, right? I love what you just said. Yes. Maybe make a change, see how you feel, right? Like just being open to suggestion, open to opportunities. Yes. So how do we find, my daughter did a safe sitter program through what was like a community center okay. last summer. Now I'm sure you can't probably contact that safe sitter and say, hey, give me all the phone numbers for the 12-year-olds that took that class because that's a little creepy. But there's not a network probably of care.com because we're talking about minors, but how do you find these great little people? Yeah. Yeah. We have the, it's through the Red Cross. So it's like okay. a Red Cross babysitting class. And you definitely could, you could not to ask for their phone numbers, but you could say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody. If you have, whether they have an email contacts that they could email, or if they have a class coming up, maybe they do hand out your information, you know, oh, so that's good. Could, yeah. You know, to, uh, I think the one by us, it's like six weeks. So maybe at the end they pass it out and they're like, Hey, if anyone is looking for you know, to get I mean, started. that is the reason why those kids are taking the classes. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> yes. And it's yes. good for them. You know, they're learning business and being, being an entrepreneur, getting totally money, yes. you know, to save for whatever it is that they're interested in. And exactly. Yes. And so if you don't have something like that, I love using two things. One, my personal network. So just ask, that's how I found my first mother's helper, picking my daughter up from preschool with an acquaintance at the time. Now and I, her and I are actually really good friends, but at the time didn't know her that well, just kind of chatting, waiting for the kids to get out of preschool and mentioned like, oh yeah, I really would like to find somebody who's in like junior high, who's a little bit more affordable. At the time I already had a college sitter, but I wanted someone who could come and play with the kids again and a little bit more affordably. And she was like, oh, I have two people for you. And she immediately knew two names. Like she's a complete connector. So she always has names for everybody. But so just that, like you never really know people like it's a library story hour or like a lot of times you're like, well, my friends don't know anybody. It's like, well, you have more of a 
of a network than when that. your friends know cool. some friends and you know somebody's exactly. got kids that are teenagers and maybe they just have boy teeth but then they have friends you know and everybody totally. asks around and all of a sudden it's the trickle down theory and you might have like four little people to choose from exactly exactly and so the other way is using facebook and either your personal page and right posting something like that hey you know i'm looking for a mother's helper this is a pro you know not your exact address but whatever you want to put out there you might have a friend from high school that you're facebook friends with whose sisters you know who has a niece who lives a block away and it's 14 i would love to do it so putting that out there on facebook can always be a really great option that i found i've also found mothers helpers through and in addition to mom groups on facebook so like that's posting on your personal page but also you can post in like the moms of your neighborhood name that were all, all the groups that we're in. And that's how I've also found a lot of them just saying like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And so many moms, like girls that are yeah, this age doesn't make, might not have a Facebook themselves. It's usually their mom who's contacting me, but they want their daughter to work too, because that's part of it. Or son, I have friends who have all boys and they love to get a boy babysitter. So not to say that boys can be babysitters, but they want their kids to work because their kids are asking them for stuff all the time. They want like Roblox money and they want money to go to the mall and this, that, and other things. So if they do have an opportunity to make like a little bit of money throughout the week, they're for it. And they also want like that responsibility, that like character building. So it's always feels very collaborative with me and other, like the moms of the teenagers that work for me. So yeah, just posting in your groups. I've never had to go beyond that. Because yeah, care.com, A, it feels sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because you have to build a profile, you have to the whole thing. You I've have to interview. I mean, it's an interview. Yeah, it's like really, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas reaching out to local families, and I also like to put out there, like if I do put something on Facebook, I want someone who can walk to my house or bike to my house, you know, because again, these are not 16-year-olds yet. And I find it's best if their parents don't always have to give them a ride. And I don't want to give them a ride. Like that kind of takes a little bit away <laughs> for me. Yeah, good like, point. You then you got to pack all three kids, of, you know, three of your kids exactly. in the car. And, right, yeah. Yes. Not that on occasion I have, if it's pouring rain or, you know, not that I have it in uh, certain emergency circumstances, but for the most part, I want them to be able to walk. And I'm also not, they're not at my house late. They're there in the afternoon, in the morning. So I want them to be able to walk or ride their bike to my house. And so that's another way to keep it local, really produces people around you who you didn't even know exist. When it's a truly mutually beneficial relationship. I mean, I think yeah. that's what you look at. That you're helping our, you know, this other family, this person learn responsibility and nurturing and all of the skills and also do something fun and set them up for really a skill set that they can use, continue to make money, like we said, through college and beyond. Even the side hustle, like everybody's looking for babysitters, like a side hustle when you start your career post-college. So you're setting them up for that. And then you're getting a little reprieve. You're getting a break. And it doesn't have to look like traditional babysitting. I think that's what's important is that, hey, it can look a little different. It can be, you know, all sorts of things, but it's building a foundation of support, figuring out what you need, trying something out that may be different, maybe not something that you've experienced or would consider, or maybe you feel one sort of way about it. But I loved what you go said, and we're going back to it as that try it out. Yes. See how you feel. See how you feel when you take those two hours. Your kids, you hear them laughing in the other room, having a great time. You're Netflixing or maybe you're meditating, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever you need to do. Doing in yoga the class. Yes. You know, maybe you're having snacks and you're just like zoning out and doing YouTube and that's cool. But see how you feel when you get that little break. See how you react to your family when you come out of it. 
that's what we're here to do is just take intel, right? Just be interested, just be observers. We start to notice how things make us feel. So I hear yes. it. What do you say to the mom out there? It's like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can leave my kids. And what do you say to those moms? Yeah, it's typically bad. It's either I can't afford it or I don't leave my kids with anybody. Those are the biggest two resistance I get. And with mother's helpers, again, you're not leaving. So it's the perfect starting off point to use a babysitter because you are still in the house with them. So again, if you maybe you have, let's just for example, say you have like a three-year-old and a five-year-old and you want to get a couple hours to yourself every week and you say to the mother's helper, yeah, I just want someone to either play in the... I'll be very specific at certain points in our life over the past... I mean, four years of using mother's helpers. Sometimes I am like, I really want you to like come these hours and play outside in the yard because they need some outdoors time. And I would like to do something in the house. I maybe have a project or I'm working on something. I want to record a podcast, whatever the case may be, or come to art with them, come do Play-Doh, come do dolls, really that imaginative play. You're there, you're hearing it. You're not necessarily, like I said, you're not out of the house, just like, what's going on? I have to see, especially if your kids are littler, you're like, well, I don't know what they're going to tell me. Like if they're going to tell me what's going on, first of all, always trust your gut when you meet these girls. I mean, again, they're, they're 12, 13 years old, but meet them, you know, trust your gut, let them interact with your kids. Some are going to be better than others. If the ones that are better than others, those are the ones you call back. You know, there's nothing written that says you have to invite them to come back again. You use them and you're like, oh, we didn't really jump. Yeah, you get the girl that doesn't get off her phone. And and my kids are always telling on babysitters. They're like, oh, she was on the phone at dinner, mom. Yes, I'm like, oh, well, Alex isn't coming back, I guess. Sorry, Alex. You know, right. (laughs) <laughs> and I always tell them like, and I do tell the girls, I was like, no phones unless you're texting me or your mom. Cause you know, maybe if I like, again, if they're outside or if I'm downstairs and they want to text me like, Hey, can they have this for a snack or something? But you know, I do tell that. Yeah. And then if my kids are like, Oh, she was on her phone the whole time, which we've had happen. I just don't call them back. Cause again, once you start looking, you will find so many that you can try out. And like I said, then I, the ones I've had now I've had for years because they're amazing. Yeah. I love it. Every little bit counts, right? Think outside the box sometimes, get creative. Again, it's always about taking care of our needs first so that we can be there and be of service to others. It's not about being Zen all the time. It's about being Zen-ish. Yes. Karen, thank you so much. What's your podcast? Let listeners know where to get a hold of you. Yeah, great. Yeah. So my podcast is the Undomestic Mom Podcast and I'm Undomestic Mom on all socials. So you can come find me on Instagram. I do daily reels all about mom empowerment and yeah, really just taking time for yourself. So you can find me there. Oh, and if they go to undomesticmom.com slash Zen, they can get a little cheat sheet for hiring a mother's helper. So I kind of put some of the stuff we talked about today, a few other things in there, all on one sheet that they can reference if they're like, yes, I really want to give a mother's helper a try. They can go grab that. Taryn, you're the best. Thank you. And I will link all of those to the show notes. And remember, ladies, think outside the box, right? It takes a village to raise us all. It does. As always, thank you so much for showing up and tuning in and check out every week to the mindfulness, breath meditation, and just real world tips that I'm offering out every Thursdays. Check these conversations out on Tuesday. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore Zen underscore mommy or laugh along with me on TikTok at the Zen mommy. 